Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Bovey with another episode of the Yacking Show Harmony, your path to wholeness channel. And as always, we have interesting guests. Today will be no exception. Our aim with this channel is to bring you expert guests on various aspects of leaving, leading a wholesome life, uh, diet, health, and a lot of other things. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic and it's one that not many people talk about but is so important and that is the topic of grief and today we have uh, a very privilege to welcome to the show Emily Teru Threat to the show hello Emily how are you oh aloha I'm just great thank you very much and we must add that you're coming to us from Hawaii aren't you <laughs> that's right <laughs> now Emily is the founder and CEO of the grief and Happiness Alliance. She's a speaker on grief-related topics, as well as the author of the book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. So Emily, the alliance you formed combines two words that seem absolutely polar opposite, and that is grief and happiness. You mentioned that it is both, it's, it's possible to be both grieving and to also be happy simultaneously. Can you explain that? Actually, that's a very natural, normal place to be in life, and people don't always recognize that. A lot of times when people are dealing with grief, they feel like they have to grieve all the time. They have to be serious. They can't smile. Uh, they get teary. They don't talk a lot. And that's kind of the perception people have of the grieving person, where in real life, we're still people who it's very healthy to smile and to laugh and to enjoy your life. And that's something that, that uh, it's kind of my mission to spread that, that that's okay. That please do smile, please do be happy and make the best out of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So how long does grief generally last, Emily? And at what point of time do experts like yourself say, that's it, you know, and it's now getting too long? Is is there a time limit? No. Okay. <laughs> My belief is that is it, when you love someone and they die, you will grieve for them the rest of your life mm -hmm. because they're still gone. You still can't be with them. And it's okay to grieve like that. They're, they're in your heart, but you can be happy with them in your heart. And chances are they most likely would want you to be happy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that there's not a time limit on grief. There's different um, things that you experience when you're grieving and some are harder to go through than others, but they come and go for years and that's okay what, what you find is as you move <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> as you move forward you don't spend as much time in that that mm -hmm. darker place and then that real sadness and you come through that more quickly and so it's less and less that you feel like you're actively grieving where as long as you're holding them in your heart you're grieving Sure, that's okay. sure, sure. Sorry, can I jump in with a follow-up to that, Kathleen, if you don't mind? Emily, does it affect the grieving process 
the circumstances of the loved one's death. In other words, if it's sudden compared to if the person dies from a, a drawn-out illness, uh, is the process different or, or not necessarily, or, or yes and no? Every time someone dies, it's different. Okay. So, uh, yes, if someone dies suddenly in a car accident or in a fire like we just had here on Maui, mm-hmm. where so many people perished in not a matter of a couple of hours, you're going to respond to that differently than when somebody's been having a terminal illness for years and finally gets released from that illness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, each each situation with each person is different different right thank you and is there a a moment in time where you would say yeah you're right the grieving process will always continue but is there is there a way is is it possible where grieving actually becomes so unhealthy because a person just can't seem to move on sure if if someone gets stuck in grief it it can be become a, a complicated grief Mm-hmm. And it's best if they get uh, professional help and support that's beyond just what they can do on their own with going to grief groups or, or having whatever they do to help themselves through their grief. Right, right. And and when you, we talk about grief, most people generally think of grief of grief following a death, but in fact. You can experience grief from many other different events, such as as, as a divorce, for instance. I hear that the body, and I, I've learned this, that, that the body experiences or reacts to grief the same way, regardless of the event. So what would be your advice to help people look after themselves physically during the grieving process? The first thing I always tell someone when they ask me, what am I supposed to do? or how do I handle this, is to practice good self-care. Mm-hmm. When when you do that, when you make sure that you're eating wisely, because sometimes people just binge eat like crazy and gain a lot of weight, or they don't eat and lose a lot of weight. Those, those two things are very, very common. Frequently, they have a hard time getting out of bed or in early grief. And if that doesn't get better, where you, it's easier for you to get out of bed and go, go about your day, then that's that's an, an issue. Mm-hmm. Or some people don't bathe. I've, mm-hmm. I've known people that <laughs> you can tell they're they're not bathing, they're not dealing with what's going on. So self-care, which includes going outside, breathing fresh air, talking to people, trying to have the not trying to actually having the best you can in every moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've answered what I was going to ask you, but that triggered something else in my mind. That do you find, particularly with the death of a spouse, that the surviving spouse holds back on starting to enjoy his or her life because of some sense of guilt that they have, they have either they've been abandoned or they have abandoned the one who's departed. Is is that a, a thing? Um, sometimes. Again, every every time, everything is individual. Sure, it, sure. It, it will be all the circumstances would make a big difference. I've had lots of people die in my life. Uh, most of my relatives, my parents, my sister, 
lots of friends that the longer you live, the more <laughs> death you have dealt with in uh-huh. your life. And each one of them is different. But I can say with my two husbands that died, those were the hardest ones for me. Right, right. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, sorry, back to you, Kathleen. So I'd like for us to explore this notion of anticipatory grief. And this is where you begin to feel grief before the event actually happens. And I, you know, I can say with 100% certainty, I am, I'm very much guilty of this. I lost my dad in 2020. And although we knew it was going to happen, it was just like, you're, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. But even now that's, that that is now over, it seems like there's always this, sense of impending doom right here. Uh, I don't know how to overcome that, but according to you, is this a healthy step or can it be push us into living in a life of fear? Well, first, when you mentioned about anticipatory grief and you said you're guilty, uh, don't take it that way <laughs> because how, whatever you experience is what you experience in the grieving mm-hmm. process. And it's not something to feel guilty about. It's not something to regret that you're grieving or to feel bad that you're grieving. Look at it as something that's part of life. It's perfectly natural and, and you're going to experience it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Anticipatory grief, which you were mentioning happens when someone is, Uh, usually ill for a long time or there's some circumstances or they that like dementia is Mm -hmm. there are so many different kinds of dementia people think it's just alzheimer's but it's there are lots of different kinds of dementia and you can be losing that person while they're still alive because they're they're Mm -hmm. uh personality their their self is uh, fading away, mm-hmm. usually gradually. And that that would be a, a good example of anticipatory mm. grief. Right. Mm. Interesting. The, the, the old saying, time heals all wounds. Um, does, does that apply? I think from what you've already said, it does. But do, in the early stages of grief, thinking back to my own experience, parents, it uh, it takes a while to accept that, correct? So how do you help people with that? Well, if, for one thing, when you say heal, that implies that it gets over. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at it as something that doesn't get over, that's something that you uh, will find a healthy way to deal with it. Right. Then that, that would be more like what I think you're expressing with heal. Right. Yes. Yeah, quite correct. Quite correct. Yeah. Certainly, I found that. Right. Kathleen, back to you, Kathleen. Many people get swept into the cycle of grief um, and the healing doesn't seem to be achieved. Like we said, sometimes it just people are just so drawn into grieving. Is Do you think that grief is a choice? Uh, I wouldn't say grief is a choice, but because everybody grieves. Mm-hmm. but how you deal with your grief can be a choice. Mm-hmm. And early on, it can feel like it's not a choice at all, like you don't have any control, because if you had control, your loved one wouldn't have died. Right. 
So, but you are in that situation because your loved one has died. And so you have to, I can't, I shouldn't say have to, what you should, could do that could help you the most is to uh, recognize it, deal yeah. with it, be gentle with your grief. Don't look at it as an enemy or somebody that's, or something that's trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. But look at it as is a way that you can actually find comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell us about um, your book. Well, I've I've got a couple of books. You mentioned my first one, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, that came out in uh, 21. But my most recent book, The Grief and Happiness Handbook, came out just this last uh, June. And yeah, it's it's been really successful. It's an international bestseller already. Oh, very good. Good. And it's it's I've gotten such wonderful comments on it because it, it covers things that other books don't cover. It's there's 26 chapters in it. You don't have to read them in order. You can look at the table of contents and see something and say, that's what I need to think about today, or that's what I want to look at today. Mm-hmm. And it's also a workbook. So at the end of each chapter, it gives you things that you can write as you reflect on that chapter right in the book. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. Now, what? how do people get it? It, it's on Amazon, and okay. you can you can get it at traditional bookstores. Uh, they may need to order it because bookstores don't stock everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I like to support bookstores, so you can just go in and say sure. this is the book I want, and I'll get it for you. Now, can you tell us the the title of that book one more time? The Grief and Happiness Handbook. The Grief and Happiness Handbook. Fantastic. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Yeah, is, so, there, is there, sorry, Peter, I just want no, to begin because we're talking about the book. Can you give us maybe some of the tips that you impart in some of those books? In, in oh, your wow. <laughs> there's, there's so many things, a couple things that are, are kind of unusual are I talk about music and I talk about dance mm-hmm. and that usually isn't equated with grief, but they, they are both ways that you can deal with grief. And so I'll, I'll talk about that uh, too. And of course I cover things like gratitude because that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge mm-hmm. part of grief mm-hmm. is dealing with gratitude. And I also, there's a chapter in it called crying in the car. And I think I've had more people speak to me about that chapter than anything else, because really? they're the only one that cries in the car. <laughs> okay. But the car is is a private place where you can go and nobody else yeah. is going to hear you or see you sob or scream or tears or whatever it is that you do. And when, when they recognize that it's, it's okay to be in a safe place and express their emotions, releasing those emotions can help you be able to take a deep breath and move forward. Mm. And Mm. is that maybe the process of dance as well? It just helps Mm -hmm. the releasing of, of, of these emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And physically really with your body, because you, you can tense up and hold things tight in your body and that, that wears you out. You Mm -hmm. you know, you'll get tired, you'll get sore from, from doing that sort of thing. And if you dance and, and just can move and, move with the music, uh, be able to release those, those um, high tension feelings in a way that, again, you can take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Mm, very good. Here's one for you. Do you notice cultural or generational differences in how people handle grief? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that are so different. Um, after Ron died, I went on a, a trip to Bali because I'd always wanted to go. And I went there to study ceramics and it, it, making them. And it was it was a fabulous trip. But I learned about their culture there that they can only bury people on certain days of the month in right. certain cycles. And so if it's and if they don't have the money to to bury them uh, up front it, at the beginning when it's when they're supposed to be buried according to their culture and tradition they put them in a, a place there's a, a monkey forest there uh -huh. and there's a, a big place in the monkey forest where they will temporarily bury people until it's the right time of the month and they can pay for it mm -hmm. oh and, okay so that's like entirely different than anything I'd heard before about dying. And in different cultures have have different things. Like the the way that in India they'll have a, a funeral pyre that's on like a raft that they put it mm -hmm. out into the water as as the body burns and and that happens there. And that's that's what happens for all of them. So each culture has their their own traditions, their own beliefs about how to what's going on with death and how it's appropriate to grieve. Um, I've done a, a lot of theater in, in my life and I directed the play, um, the house of Bernardo Alba, which is a, a Spanish play by Yorka. And I might not be pronouncing that right. Uh, it's about a woman and all of her female children, all of her children were, were female. And when her husband died, she and all of her children had to wear black for the rest of their lives. Wow. And they couldn't leave their house. Mm -hmm. Like food had to be brought to them. They they didn't have guests or anything. It was just they were there with it. So all the girls, none of them had been married yet. They couldn't have love. They couldn't get married. They couldn't do any. But that was their tradition in mm -hmm. that culture. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. And that was years ago. I'm sure they don't do that now. Or no. I hope they don't do that now. But there, the variety of the way people deal with death and grief is great. Very yes. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Quite a difference indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quick one. I, I grew up, you can hear from my accent, I'm not a native North American. I grew up in Africa and lived through a terrorist war in Rhodesia and had very close encounters with death and we we actually became quite cynical um i went to four funerals in a week the once and mm. we just had to get on with it uh did that do us long-term irreparable harm i actually don't know but it was a case of well you know and even people we knew well well they're dead but we gotta we gotta move on and get over it very quickly and that that was our sort of culture to get over it very very quickly yeah interesting so uh, wow how people managing now? You meant we we have asked you about Maui a little earlier. Um, you said people are coming together and and they're certainly getting over it. Um, are there lessons I would, there? I would say they're not getting over it. Okay, sorry, I didn't want to put yeah. words in your mouth. Coming to <laughs> no. terms with it? Yeah, coming to terms. Maybe it, it's still unbelievable. Mm. You know, it it's so so unreal that we had this 
historical community that that was like the base of history in Maui, but also for Hawaii, because that's where the, this community is, where the government of Hawaii started. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the families that lived there um, kind of in compounds that several generations all lived together. Mm-hmm. And some of them, their whole family was wiped out. Wow. Or parts of the family were wiped yeah. out and all their their land, their traditions, their memories, it, it's gone. It's, it was leveled mm-hmm. within a matter, matter of a few hours. It was all gone. Wow. Yeah, that is fast. So it's, it was shocking. Sure. You, you, you deal with shock and kind of horror thinking about it i was thinking about how i had it wasn't that long ago that i was walking down that street and it could have been me just as Mm. easy as anybody else and and we think about those kinds of things but in the process people just showed so much love and so much support the community came together but not only that all the people around the world that have come to maui Mm. and love maui and see it as a special place were very generous and donating things of course there's still things that people need when you have mm-hmm. like like the people now who had their house burned down the the rents we were already didn't have enough housing for the people who live here on Gosh. the island so trying to find a place was hard the rents are very high but they have to pay their mortgage on their home that they don't have anymore at the same time yeah 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 wow mm-hmm. Is there any rebuilding yet? Uh, there, there's so much that has to be done before they can actually build. Okay. Wow. Because there's lots of um, hazardous issues. Hmm. Uh, the everything has to. There's so much cleanup that has to be done before they could even consider building on on a lot of the the places that were burned. Wow. Oh dear. Wow. Now, you you are a speaker, as I introduced you, mm-hmm. a speaker on uh, grief related topics. What, what have you mm-hmm. what sort of um, what sort of topics have you discussed or talked about with people? My main thing that I do with people is uh, show them how writing can help them to deal with their grief mm-hmm. and the Grief and Happiness Alliance that you mentioned. We have a gathering on Zoom um, every week. And it doesn't cost anything because we also created a nonprofit organization that can fund it because we don't want people to have to pay to deal with their grief. Mm-hmm. And so we get together and write. We write about different subjects every week. And then we talk about it in, in small groups so people can be heard and tell their stories. And then they learn a happiness practice every week. And I, I feel strongly about happiness and showing people ways they can be happy. Oh, fantastic! So, mm. do pe- so people can just go to your website to find out um, mm-hmm. how to join this this free alliance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh my goodness, I would encourage everybody to do that. And so, how do people contact you, Emily? Um, through well, my website is Emily at griefandhappiness.com. Everything about me is grief and happiness. So, and then the Grief and Happiness Alliance is the. Uh, the website for that is griefandhappiness.com. So it's it's easy to remember with my email is emily at griefandhappiness.com and the website is griefandhappiness.com. 
And if you look there, you can see what uh, the the nonprofit is all about. You'll see when we have special events, they'll they'll be there. We have a weekly newsletter where you can got lots of good information in it every week that you can read and or listen to because uh, I have a, a podcast and I always post them in the newsletter so that you can listen to those. And uh, it's, it's really kind of wonderful the way people have come together to support what we're doing and the people that partake in it. Uh, they, when, when new people come in, we have people from different parts of the world come to these zoom meetings and they'll they'll stay up late at night or get up early in the morning, depending on their time zone to come yeah. uh, so that we can all be together. And when new people come in, we introduce everybody that's there and the people that uh, have been coming for a while say, I wouldn't miss it. I'm here every Sunday and I love this and I love the support and I love the people I'm getting to know. And a lot of times when people are grieving, they might be the only one in their circle of people that they associate with that are in that kind of grief at that time. And so it feels really good to these people to be around people who get them. Yes. Know, who... yes. Absolutely. So if, if there's anyone out there listening today and is going through a horrible, a horrible grief, what advice would you have for them listening today? The first thing I kind of mentioned earlier is to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. to to pay attention to self-care. That is the very most important thing. Right. Good. Um, Emily, question on your website for our audio listeners, grief and happiness with the word and between grief and happiness? Yes, grief and okay. happiness. So to audio listeners, full details will be in the description on whatever uh, platform you are listening to this on. Thanks for that, Emily. Back to you, Kathleen. Well, Emily, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. This was uh, a great and important topic to talk about. So, so thank you. And thank you all again for tuning into our show. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And Peter, maybe maybe you want to talk about our newsletter. Absolutely. As as every week, we bring you interesting guests. And today was certainly no exception. Uh, to make sure you don't miss out on our future guests and to hear about each week, sign up for our newsletter. There's a short form on our website, yakingshow.com. We only send you one email a week. We don't inundate your inbox. Uh, don't miss out. That's it for me. Thank you again to Emily. Thanks to listeners and watchers, viewers, for being with us. Bye for now. All right. Until next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Aloha.